This is the Monetize Everything Podcast, a place where people just like you can learn how to build wealth, improve personal finances, and start an online business all online. Now, here's your host, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, George Pitts. All right, everybody, welcome back to the second part of our podcast interview with Finances on Point founder, uh, Stephanie from DC. We are discussing the importance of getting your finances on point and um, leveraging the resources that you have to uh, get your finances together, but also to build wealth. And so in this part two episode, what we want to talk about is the wealth building side of things and about real estate. Um, if you guys have been following me on Periscope for a while, some of you guys have been to some of my properties with me that we've gone out and, and, and purchased. And some of you guys that have listening to me on Periscope or excuse me, on, on the podcast have, have heard about some of the deals that, that, that we've done and, and things. And so we've also got another, uh, real estate tycoon that is with us today, Miss Stephanie from Finances on Point. Uh, and we're just going to kind of discuss the whole, uh, the whole gamut of building wealth. Uh, through real estate and other means uh, today. So, uh, Stephanie, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I want to do one one little correction there before my people from back home. They was like, no, she's not from D.C. She's from South Carolina. South Carolina, my in bad. This, yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. Y'all, Carolina don't, girl. don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't come after Stephanie. Y'all, y'all can come after me on social media. That was my bad. That was my bad. <laughs> she's pr- and she told me, she told me that in the beginning and uh, I'm just so focused on where she's at now. Uh, I had let it slip. So good correction there. Cause boy, they will come after you. You know, Yeah. You, I need to represent you, where I'm you from. Know, you, you ain't from you. You from here. You don't be trying to say you're <laughs> the big city. Not brand new. I'm yeah. Not brand new. Yeah. We, we know you got, we know you got your wealth built, but you still from here. You still. That's right. <laughs> so, so Stephanie, tell us a little bit about, uh, once you got your finances on point, I love, I'm going to use that a lot. I hope you don't mind. Cause I love that. I love it. Let's I let's make it a thing. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. We need to get some shirts out because uh, I need to definitely get need to be. I need to be sporting mines. Let's work on that. Yeah, I need to be. I will sport it at FinCon. Um, what was it that uh, you know? Once you got your finance on point, what was it that you know made you kind of turn your direction towards real estate? So let's talk about. Um, so finances on point is really about a journey. And so it, it, and it's a different point for everybody. So it, you know, when people say that, oh, she got it together, it's on point. Um, that's kind of where, where we're going with this. So I don't, I don't want to give people the illusion that you got to have all your stuff together, but it's more so of knowing where you're going and the journey to get there, right. Right. In order to, to keep growing. And, um, so it, it really started with, um, I was introduced to the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad back when I was a sophomore in college. And I also read Napoleon, Napoleon Hill's Thinking Grow Rich. And Love I had them. a little light bulb. Yeah, yeah. Very inspiring books. Um, and, you know, I remember telling my father, I'm going to own all these rental units and I'm going to be a real estate tycoon. And he was like, oh, OK, you do that. You do that. And so. Um, I got caught up in the consumerism once I started working. And actually, I was living when I was in the army. I I lived in Korea for three and a half years. And so 
I was away from what I felt like the real estate scene and, and seeing people doing things like that. Um, but back in 2015, um, I really shifted my mindset because I realized that, you know, 10 years later, I was nowhere close to buying <laughs> my rental property. I was actually going backwards. And Ooh. so I remember going back and rereading that book and realizing that, okay, I need to make some changes. And real estate is something that I'm very interested in. And this is what I want to do. And I'm going to figure out how to do it. Um, and then I started reading different books about it. I started watching some YouTube videos on it. I started practicing analyzing deals and getting my financial situation together. And then I, you know, I had to jump out there on faith and say, this is, I've, I've prepared myself as much as I can. I have, you know, seen the risks that I could face and how I would mitigate them. Now I just have to put it into practice. Wow. Wow. That's good. That's good. So once you decided to do that, what was it like to begin that journey as far as looking for the property and, you know, starting to look at different places and and figuring out what you were going to do with it? Because I know that was probably the, that was probably the most enjoyable part for me was just Mm -hmm. going on the hunt. Um, So what was that like for you uh, whenever you were starting that, like you had talked about doing it, but when you got to start that journey, what was that like? It was exciting and scary at the yeah. same time. Um, and I purchased my first rental property in Columbia, South Carolina, where I'm from. And I just started looking and I found a couple that I really um, I really liked. So because I was going home around this particular time, it's like, okay, well, let me call up a realtor and see if I can see this property. Um, and so I would go and, and look at the different properties and I was very focused on buying multi multifamily properties. So I was looking at some duplexes and we looked at a few and I found one that I, I loved. I was just like, Oh my God, I would live here. Such a cute neighborhood. Um, the rents are great. Um, I could definitely like, this is the one I'm going to pull the trigger on this one. And I did. And we negotiated and negotiated and the deal fell through. And so I, I say that because, because I want people to know that your first one, your second one, you know, that might not be the one, but you got to keep going. I was honestly, when that one fell through, we tried to make it work. My realtor kept pushing. Um, but I had to stand on that these numbers, the repairs that are, are required for this rental property and what I have to put into it, it doesn't make sense. It has the cash flow. And I needed to stay firm on that. As much as I loved it, I couldn't, I couldn't go into the negative for it. So I had to walk away. And I, I really was devastated because I was just like, I thought this is what I was supposed to be doing. Like, why didn't this one work? And I remember talking to my father and he was just like, another one to come along. Don't worry about it. And sure enough, kept looking at some deals, um, kept making offers and they weren't going through. And finally, I found one that the, the seller was motivated. Um, the property, you know, it has some cosmetic things that I needed to get, get done. It had a tenant already in it. One was vacant. And pulled the trigger on that one. And of course, we had some little bumps along the road there too. But 
eventually we closed it and I got my first deal and I was elated. The next day, the tenant came over because I was still in South Carolina at this time and like handed me his rent payment in person. And I was just like, wow, like I didn't even make my first mortgage payment and I have this rent payment already. Like, and like he's, he's responsive and he's kindly and, and this is awesome. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) now of course there, there are some challenges along the way, but that, that first experience was like, yeah, this is, this is what I need to be doing. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. If you should see the Kool-Aid smile I have right now, my (laughs) my cheeks are hurting because I'm just like, you know, everything that you're talking about is kind of like, it's bringing back the emotions I had on my first one. I'm sitting over here just kind of rubbing my hands like, yeah, yeah, keep going. I see, Stephanie, I see. (laughs) Yeah, like this is, this is, this is great. And also, you know, I think also we, we think about the money coming in, but you're also providing a service, right? And you're providing... Um, affordable housing for somebody to live and somebody to raise their family. And that feeling of knowing that I also can impact other families as well, that like that was inspiring too. So yeah, yeah, it was like a, a double win. Wow. Wow. So how, what was your, uh, what was the avenue that you took to uh purchase your first property did you uh take out uh, did you did you take out like a 401k or did you uh did you uh buy it cash or what was that avenue that you took for your first property yeah so uh, the first property i did use other people's money and i will say that so opm opm there you go and up here in virginia um where i was living at the time northern virginia I had purchased a townhome there and I purchased um, right when the market was starting to turn up, but it was low enough where um, they still had some appreciation. And so I had purchased this home back in 2010 and I was living in it um, and the property value was going up Um, and I got it at a really great price. And you know, during that time, I was focused on paying down my debt, getting my situation together. My credit score was increasing. My debt was going down. I was able to save a little bit more. Um, and I had the opportunity uh, to cash, do a cash out refi on my home. And so I did the math and saw that the mortgage probably went about a hundred bucks. It wasn't, it wasn't anything crazy. And I was able to take out that money and keep my same interest rate, which was great at the time, and and use that money. And I, I say this is very important. And if you are still, if you're still struggling with debt, I don't recommend this approach. Um, and and I, I want to make sure that I'm I put that out there. But because I was paying off my debt and my mindset has shifted already to, I am going to use this money to buy my first rental property. So I had this $40,000 set aside from the cash out refinance that I did from the property that I was living in. And had that been, you know, five, 10 years prior, that money would have been gone on whatever. But I was very focused on, I let that money sit there from six months or more until I found the property that I was actually going to close on. Um, and that's how I, that's how I funded my first property. 
And um, it, you know, it was, it was great because, you know, I was, the mortgage was about the same, a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars more. And now I had another property that was cash flowing into, you know, my income, even though I wasn't actively using, I was reinvesting that back into my property. Um, But, but now when you speak to lenders, they are, they're evaluating the money that's coming in from the rental property, as well as the money that you're making from your full-time job. And, you know, now they can offer you more for a loan and you, you you can easily qualify for a loan um, that way. Right. So that's how I did it. That's 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 awesome, and I'm glad that uh, that you mentioned that because OPM is the true way to build wealth. Um, mm-hmm. Many people, if you're listening, one of the things that you've got to understand is that even billionaires take out loans. When you look at some of these uh, some of these billionaires, they take out loans to uh, to increase into big commercial real estate investments uh, to to. Uh, invest into casinos and resorts and all these things that they do, they use other people's money. There is nothing wrong with doing that. Um, Not all debt is bad. And Mm -hmm. debt was originally put there for people to build wealth. That was the whole reason people got loans from banks was to build wealth. And so what I need you listeners to understand is that it's okay to to use credit and to have some debt as long as you know what you're using it for, as long as you have a plan for it, because that's going to help you get to a place that you want to be. And I'm really, really glad that you, that you mentioned that, Stephanie, because you know we have a lot of people that think the only way to do that kind of thing is if you have the cash for it, and that's mm-hmm. not the case. Not mm-hmm. the case. So uh, definitely, and you you definitely can save up the money to do that. Um, you you can. Um, it, it it's just a slower pace, right? and it's not it's the only way, pace. right? And, and it's not it's, the only it's, way. Yeah, it's not the only way. And you have to think about um, when you put up all of your cash into it, you got to make sure you still have you know your reserve and still be able to protect yourself um, from there too. So if you're a hundred percent, all of your money is going and into this property. You know, that's 100 percent that you no longer have um, to be able to reinvest. Right. Right. And, um, you know, that right there is is a lesson in its own. That is a lesson in its own. Mm -hmm. So when you when you got into real estate, like and you you bought your first multifamily unit, has that been the main focus of like the niche of real estate that you've gotten into is mostly multifamily units or have you got single family units or, or, or any of uh, commercial units at all? So my primary focus are multifamily. So two or more. Uh-huh. Um, and I have another duplex and then uh, my townhome that I was originally living in is now a rental as well. So that's the only single family that I have okay. um, so far, but my focus has been multifamily units. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. That's, that's good. That's good. So, so what would you tell someone that is looking to start that journey into real estate as, uh, you know, as someone that's, that's never done it before, kind of apprehensive, but, but definitely want to do it. What would you tell them to kind of ease their fears a little bit? Education, right? I, I think that Education can reduce the fears because now you know how you can respond. You can put a plan together and you can identify the risk associated with that plan and then also develop a mitigation strategy. 
when I was in the military, what we would used to do or what we were trained to do, um, you know, you, you're training for battle and for war and things like that. You put together these plans, but you also had a contingency plan. Like if things blew up, okay, now you know how to respond in this, this, alternate, this alternate path. And so that's how we also have to think about it. Um, like any business, real estate has some risks associated with it. But the key is to reduce the level of risk that you're exposed to. And so once you, you educate yourself on it, you make sure that you are buying a solid deal, you're buying a cash flowing deal, um, then you make sure you understand, you do your due diligence, understand the maintenance required to keep that property up and going, how to make sure you have great tenants in there that can pay. And if they don't pay, how to get them out. You, that's, that's a mitigation strategy. Um, but my first, my first advice to anyone that is interested in real estate is to seek the education on how to find great deals, how to make offers, and how to manage them. And even if you use a property manager, how to know what a good, good property manager should be doing. One way that I think is an easy way to get um, to get started into real estate and one that I wish that I would have done um, when I first got started is what they the term now is called house hacking. And so I, I purchased my first property. Um, it was a single family home. But had I had a mentor or someone to guide me, I would have bought a multifamily unit in Washington, D.C. Actually, the prices were great during that time. But anywhere that you are, if they have some multifamily units and you live in one, you have tenants in the other units, they're paying down the mortgage. So essentially, you know, if you buy it right, you're not paying anything for the mortgage. You're receiving the rent checks. They're paying for the building. Um, and then you use an owner-occupied loan via um, FHA or... Um, I use the VA loan for any veterans that are listening out there. You can also buy a multifamily if you're living in it. Um, and even some conventional loans now that you can use and put 5% down, 5 to 10% down as owner-occupied. The commitment is you have to live there for one year, right? So if you can live there for one year, do that, move out and buy your next property. And there, like, you got the great rate of owner-occupied rate to now have your own rental property within a year. And so I, I would recommend, and if you don't want to do um, the multifamily units, you can also do it with a single family home. The key is don't go in trying to get your dream home. Go in and get a home that could rent. You go in there, you live there for a year, you use the owner-occupied rate, and then you move out. Now you have a single family home that becomes your first real estate property and you didn't put down 25%. You put down as low as three and a half percent to maybe 10% to, to get started in the real estate game. So that's an easy way to get started too. Wow. You just dropped some gems right there. You just dropped some gems right there. That right there was dope. <laughs> that was dope. So <clears throat> tell us... Um, I know I keep asking a lot of questions, but I just, I love that. When That's your job. Are, yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and, and I love when people are doing things. Um, sometimes people, you know, our listeners need to hear from someone else, you know? And yeah. so, so that's why I love, I love this. I'm love, I'm loving this right now. Um, when you, when you got into real estate, were you, um, well, first of all, you were single at the time, right? Yeah. Still currently single. 
That's so, okay though. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that right there tells me you don't need, you know, a lot of us, we're waiting on, you know, Mr. Mr. Right or Mrs. Right to come to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we do this, we, we're, we're going to go, we're going to get into real estate. We're going to do this. You can do that now. Like, <laughs> yes, you yes. can come to the table with that. There's no reason to wait for, for some, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's why I empower women, whatever your marital status is, you can bring what you have to the table and then you, his pot to the table. And now you can, you know, your pot continue to grow that way. Um, but definitely, and even for women who may not aspire to be married or, you know, are still on their journey, regardless, you still have to live, right? You still need to prepare your financial journey to be wealthy, to live life on your terms. So you, you can very much do this on your current, your current trajectory at your job um, or whatever path that you're earning income, and you can build the wealth um, by, you know, by yourself. Obviously, you can partner with other people to, to get it done as well, but I, I am a, a, a living example of you, know, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait to build wealth. And I actually recommend that you don't because time is your greatest asset. So the earlier you can get started, the better. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that being said, what is the, what is the key to keeping tenants? What is the, what is the key to, to, you know, keeping your properties up to, up to par and presentable? Because, you know, for some of y'all listening, don't get in in your head. You go and buy this property that's got dirty carpet and all this other stuff that you're just going to keep people happy and people are going to pay you to stay in a dirty house. You know, what, mm-hmm. what, what is it that, that you do when you're preparing your properties and getting them ready for people to move in? So I have one property manager in South Carolina. I currently manage one um, long distance, and then I have a property manager for the other one. And then the one here in Virginia, I currently manage myself. Um, and I, I did that the first year that I did it, uh, doing the property management, I did it because I wanted the experience of it. Yeah. I wanted to, to walk through it and understand how do I do this process? How do I select the right tenants? Um, making sure I have contacts with contractors and making things, making sure things are done appropriately. Um, but I would say you have to think about um, the space or the condition that you would want to live in. Now, it doesn't have to be high-end appliances, high-end you know, finishes and things like that. But everybody wants a safe, clean area that they can live in. And they don't want repairs that they have to ask you, you know, a million times to do, um, especially if they're, you know, they're paying on time and, and they're, they're great tenants. Let me back up. Even if they're not great tenants, you still should repair on time, right? Because it is your property at the end of the day. And right. so you want to make sure that you're responsive in keeping up the property because even when the tenant leaves, you still have the property. So you don't want the property to go down. And now you have all of this massive repairs and things that you have to do. So you want to make sure that you continue to maintain it um, even while the tenant is there. And so before the tenant moved in, you know, we got um, fresh carpet or if not got the carpet shampooed, made sure that it was fresh paint on the wall. It was professionally clean. Um, I have an HVAC service that I make sure that they come out and do the preventive maintenance on it. 
um, and just making sure that everything is in um, working order, right? And outside look is presentable, well-maintained there too. So you have, have to look at it from the eye of, you want to make sure that this is a comfortable space, something that you would live in, you could live in, and you want to provide that to your tenant as well. Because again, you're providing a service. Right. And so, yeah, it's very important. No slum landlords. We're not promoting that. <laughs> we don't do that. We don't <laughs> no. do that <laughs> here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when it, so so you go through and you've you've got your 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 properties available. Uh, what is the process that you have used in the past or, or even currently to decide on a tenant to rent to? So there's a lot of great software out there. Um, so luckily, since I've had it, I haven't had any tenants move out. Oh, um, wow. that's good. Other than, well, let me, let me back up. I did have a tenant that passed away, um, which was, um, you know, it was a difficult time to to figure that piece out but again that's one of those risk mitigation strategies that you have to figure out because unfortunately those kind of things can happen um but in finding um other tenants there's software out there that you can use um that doesn't cost the landlord any money so you have transunion smart move where you can have the tenant um, fill out the application online and they also do the background check. They do credit check. They do eviction checks. Um, and the wow. tenant is paying an application fee. Yeah. So they pay for that and you get a very comprehensive report on um, basically if you want to rent to this tenant or not. And they give you a recommendation. They'll also base it off of how much the tenant is bringing in for income. And they'll say based off of this and what the rent is, is this percent of their, um, their income and the number of debt that they have. And they'll give you a score on if, you know, you should rent to them. Obviously, you make the final decision on if you want to go down that path. Um, they also have Cozy as a great site to advertise your property. You can use Cozy. You can also advertise on Zillow and on Realtor.com. So you don't have to be a realtor to, to, to uh, show your property on realtor.com. So there's, there's a way that you can do that as well. And so I think Cozy also is syndicates to other apartment sites that will publicize or advertise your, your unit out there to get some foot traffic in there. So I use that um, to advertise and then smart move to evaluate the tenant based okay. off of those factors. Perfect. Perfect. So, um, with, with, with everything that's going on right now, you've got the brand going, you've got the real estate going, what is next for, for you? What is, what is kind of the next step? Because you're very ambitious. I can tell that, you know, what, what is, what, what is kind of the next place that you're, that you're looking to go with, with your brand and, and with your overall empire? Oh, so much. Uh, let's see. <laughs> well, I'm definitely not done with real estate investing. Um, this year alone, I've had a couple of contracts and they, they fell through. But like I said before, you keep going, you keep making right. offers, you keep determining, you know, what your criteria is and, and what you want to pay for a property. Um, so I'm still actively doing that um, because real estate um, is my path one of my paths to freedom, financial freedom and wealth creation. 
Um, so I continue to do that. Definitely want to continue to grow the message of you can create wealth through finances on point and helping, helping people manage their resources so that it works best for them. Um, so continually I'm posting um, blog posts out there. Um, I'm going to do a challenge soon, which you call the Stay Woke Money Challenge, um, to help people, one, gain awareness and then put together a path forward on how they can begin their wealth building journey. And so I just want to continue to connect with people in this space and um, with the community to teach and for people who uh, make an environment where people can feel comfortable asking questions um, about finances. Because I think when people become an adult, um, that they, they assume that they should know things already. They assume they should know, you know, how to manage their credit, how to do this. But, but honestly, now I want to give people, everybody a pass, because if you didn't have someone in the home that was teaching you, the school is not teaching you. And if you're not like a, a money nerd, like you and I, how else do you know? Right. Exactly. And so I, I want people to not be ashamed of asking those questions like you. You need to know the answer to the questions and take ownership of that. So I want to create a space where people can ask those questions and learn to take control of their money and build wealth. And build wealth. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. And so your stay woke money challenge. When does that start? So we're going to start it on May 6th um, and it's a five day challenge. Okay. All right. And how do we register for it? So um, there will be a landing page. I will give you the link to that. Um, you can also find it on uh, financesonpoint.com. Um, I'll have the link out there as well to sign up for the challenge. And that's a great blog, by the way. You guys need to go and check it out either way. Thank you. Uh, so definitely check it out. Definitely check it out. So Stephanie, man, this was such, such a great interview. I, I really hope that you come back. Uh, we were talking in the, uh, in, in the, in the break earlier about doing a round table uh, down the road with a few of us in the uh, finance community. And I would love for you to be a part of that panel. I'm excited. If that's an invitation, the answer it is, is yes. It's okay. official. It's officially an invitation. <laughs> I'll be so, back then. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, listen, guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in today. Remember, uh, you know, you can find uh, Stephanie on Instagram um, under the handle finances on point. You have to do uh, underscore first. Somebody underscore. Okay, underscore so finances on point. Underscore finances on point. Okay. So it's underscore finances on point. I'll also have a graphic up uh, for this particular show on my Instagram page. So if you follow me on there, I'll make sure to uh, tag her on it and have her, her handle so you can go through that route as well. But definitely go and follow her. She's doing some amazing things. She has great, great content. And as you guys know, I'm really particular about who I bring on to the show. And she was one that I literally pursued to bring on here because I was just, I just loved all her content and, and her way of thinking. So uh, definitely, definitely appreciate you so much, Stephanie, for joining us today. Thank you, George. This was an amazing time. And I hope that we were able to provide some value to some of your listeners. Oh, I think, I think we were, I think we were. And, uh, one of the things that I can't wait for is FinCon. I, I plan on, um, they said, Come that on to DC. Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. I know they said there was going to be a place where they were going to allow people to live stream to podcast. So, uh, I would love to have you on, uh, on the live stream and a live podcast that we'll do for, 
for the culture out there and just let's do it people a glimpse of the of the atmosphere because i looked at some of the videos and i mean i was getting pumped so i can't <laughs> <laughs> I i'm excited Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining us today. And for everyone that's out there listening, remember, if you are committed to taking care of your money, your money will be committed to taking care of you. Until next time, y'all make sure y'all go out and monetize everything. Thanks for listening to the Monetize Everything podcast with George Pitts. Visit us at georgepittsco.com for show notes and more resources on how to build wealth, improve your finances, and multiple streams of income all online.